Does anybody ever have any pressure in life? Raise your hand if you got some pressure. Wow, it's most all of us, right? But you know what I've discovered is pressure is good because pressure is what can begin to really show what's inside of you and what you're really, really made of. And, you know, I do believe that, that God allows pressure in our life. Uh, because when we have pressure in our life, we can discover who he is and discover his amazing power and how his power can make us fire underneath a pressure. You know, octane is the element in fuel that basically optimizes the pressure. And the higher the octane, the better performance of the engine. And so that octane is that thing whenever you go to the gas pump, you pump the fuel in your car. But there's three little numbers typically on the gas pump. They're 87, 89, and 93, right? But most of us choose 87 because it's cheaper. And the reason we choose the cheaper gas is because we just kind of want to get through the moment. And, you know, because we want to get through the moment, our machine or our engine or our motor doesn't perform at the highest level. And so the higher the octane, the higher the performance. And can, can I tell you something? It's no different in your life. What happens a lot of times is we choose to put things in our life that really don't make us perform as well as the main thing that God wants deposited in our, our life. And we're not optimizing the octane. We're not optimizing who God has created us to be. And our desire is for you to fire well under a pressure. Again, and, and for us all to fire well under pressure and be who God, God has created us to be. So, in other words, the octane is, is how much compression fuel can withstand before it ignites. And can I tell you something? What, what God wants you to do is to be able to withstand some things in your life and then whenever the pressure comes, that you ignite the right thing so that you can distribute the right thing and perform well in life. So let's speak into that a little bit today. I want you to do this for me one more time before we get into the message. We're going to go to Philippian, I mean, um, Ephesians 5 today in our Bible. Uh, but why don't you turn to the person sitting next to you again and ask them, how is their octane level? Go ahead and ask them that. This passage of scripture is amazing because the writer is writing the church in Ephesus and the church in Ephesus wasn't basically optimizing its octane. It wasn't optimizing everything that God had created it to be and the church in Ephesus was basically filling up on things that they may not have been, should have been filling up on and the writer Paul writes the church in Ephesus and he reminds them of how to have a high-performance life. And actually, he reminds them in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, he, he calls them and says, hey, here's what you should do. is be a reflection or be an imitator of your great God. And then he begins to tell them throughout Ephesians 5 how to do that, to be an imitator of God. Did you know that's what God originally created human beings to do? It's to be a direct reflection of who he is in the earth. 
The Bible says in the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis 1, before man missed the mark of God's glorious standard, that God created human beings in his image, in his likeness, both male and female. And he says, here's your assignment, human beings. Rule and reign the earth, govern the earth. Don't let the earth govern you, basically. And be a direct reflection, permeate my presence throughout the earth. However, the first man and the first woman failed at that. And the Bible says sin entered the world. Sin is a picture word. It literally means missing the mark of God's glorious standard. That was God's glorious standard for our life. But the Bible says since sin entered the world, that you know what, now we have all missed. But right after that, God says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a change in people's life because I'm going to I'm going to send a sacrifice, and I'm going to do something amazing. And can I tell you what God is going to do is found in Christ Jesus. This is what the cross and the resurrection of Jesus is all about because human beings were separated from God, and because human beings were separated from God, God made provision for human beings to come back in relationship with him. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is so you come back into a relationship with your a creator. And then because you're in that relationships, you can raise your octane level and you can perform again and be who God has created you to be and be an imitator of your great God. And then as we continue the passage and we look at it, The writer Paul, as he writes the church at Ephesus because they were being filled with other things. Their their culture was was basically a lot of people in this particular culture were were given their allegiance to statues and false gods, as the Bible refers to it as. Uh, They were a lot of them caught up in what we refer to as Greek mythology. There was a bunch of Greek gods. And as... These Greek gods permeated that culture. He's like, look, I want y'all to fill up on something different. Don't fill up on that, but fill up on what I'm going to tell you to fill up on because if you really want to be an imitator of God and really be a high-performance individual and be who he's created you to be, you need to fill up on something different. And so he writes and and he tells them this statement, and a lot of people misuse this statement but he's speaking into a culture where they basically gave their allegiance to false things. And he's like, no, no, you're totally missing what to fill up on. Listen to what he says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, don't be drunk with wine. He says, because that will ruin your life. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your octane level today? Look at them. Ask them again. Ask them what their octane level is today. He says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you read God's word and you read the scriptures, I want you to understand you can take any sentence in God's word out of context And you can make it say whatever you want it to say. But when you read it in context and you understand 
what the inspired writer is being inspired by God and what he's directing his statements at, it changes your view and it begins to help you understand who God is and understand who you are and live that out with power. And so the culture is these people were basically given their allegiance to a wine god. I think you pronounce the wine god's name Dionys. And Dionys was basically a god that was born out of Zeus's thigh. Dionys had a, a earthly mother in somehow, some way, the mythology says, mythology says that Zeus had a sexual relationship with this earthly being, and because of his incredible power, that it melted her, her away, and as she melted away, uh, Zeus picked up the baby that was inside of her and, and put it in a crack in his thigh and later birthed the baby out of his thigh. <laughs> Go read it. You can Google it. Okay? And, and because the baby was birthed out of his thigh, that baby became the, the god of feast, the god of wine. And many of these people were filling up on that. And they were filling up on that kind of culture. And so the writer speaks right into it. And he's like, look, you are running on low octane. In other words, if you fill up on that, and that's all you fill your life with, you're not going to perform. He's like, but I got an idea. Because I know the God of the universe. And I know the Father. I know the Son. And I know the Holy Spirit. I know the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you let that God fill your life, it will forever change your performance. So he writes them. And he says, be an imitator of God. Be an imitator of your great God. Be that reflection that God created you to be. Don't fall for sin telling you who you are. Begin to let God tell you who you are. And today, I want you to discover how to let God tell you who you are so you can have a high-attained life. And, And the way to do that is first and foremost, understand who God is. The Bible is clear. Who Jesus is. Jesus is not here now. However, the Spirit of God is at work in this day and age, in this dispensation, in this time period throughout history. And Jesus has come. Slap your neighbor and say, he has come. And the Bible says that he will return again. But in this in-between period, the Holy Spirit is at work in the human heart and those who have believed in Jesus' first coming as a sacrifice to reconnect human beings to God are forgiven of their sin. And don't miss this. Not only forgiven of your sin, but now you have divine access to your great God to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis over and over again. The counsel, the teacher of the God of the universe, the great coach, the one who gives gives you your gifting. And can I tell you something? He will raise you up. He will elevate you so you run on high octane all the days of your life until this Jesus returns for his church and purges all evil out. This is what we're talking about, people. 
But so many of us are not filling up on who God says that we are. We're not stepping in to God's presence in the car, in the automobile, wherever we are, in our bedroom, in our family, you know, at the beach, wherever we are, and letting God fill our life. And so when the pressure comes, what we do, instead of performing well, we, we cave under the pressure, and it's simply because maybe we're just not filling up with the fuel that God has designed us to fill up with. And see, there's a lot of misconceptions in the church, in society, and everything else. The Holy Spirit of God is the third person in the triune God. He's a good good a father and he sent his son because he loves you way too much so you can believe and have access and come out of your separation step into the presence of God let the spirit of God begin to speak to your spirit change you from the inside out so you're prepared for all eternity and no matter what pressure comes all the days of your life you can overcome it and be an imitator of God under the pressure wherever you are Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome, but people don't understand God. A lot of people sit in church and they think the Holy Spirit is wacky doodle doo. And I need you to understand this today. The Bible never declares the Holy Spirit is wacky doodle doo. The Bible declares the Holy Spirit as the third person in the Trinity to coach you, to teach you, to counsel you, to comfort you, to gift you, to be an imitator of Christ in this world, partnered with other people. We're called the body of Christ. It's amazing. It's incredible. But how are you doing? Are you performing? Or are you, are you letting something else feel your life. See, we fill up on all kinds of things, don't we? Instead of filling up on the Holy Spirit, as the writer said, lots of times we come in here and we get juiced up by a charismatic communicator, sweating bullets, speaking the word of God, and you're like, yeah! And then you go home And you know what? Pressure comes. And can I tell you something? You can get as juiced up as you want to in this environment. But I need you to understand this. God wants you to be filled daily. In communion with him. And the only way to do that is to enter his presence through his gift, his son, Jesus Christ. Christ, the light of the world, the one who brought light into darkness so we could step out of darkness into God's amazing presence and begin to let God speak into our life. And my friend, if you would stop trying to comfort the pressures with all these other things and make God, and and, and you're just maybe making God a piece of your week or a piece of your day or a piece of your life, and you fill up with God daily, wherever you go, in your marriage, in your work, in your home, in your play, and when you're mad on the street, wherever you are, you begin to let God be the whole pie instead of just a piece of the pie. It could change your life. See, but we live in this culture where we say things like this. I go to church on Sunday. 
on Sunday mornings to a church, to, to a service. And we do meet as a church and we come here together as a family, as called out ones, people called out of darkness into the wonderful light. But you are to be the church all week long. You're not just worshiping God or being a part of what God does when you come together on the weekend. You are an imitator of God all week long. And the only way to be an imitator of God all the time and really, really is, is to be full of Him and step into His presence. And you personally daily access Him and because that's why He came. He didn't come just to forgive you. That's ludicrous. And most people think of forgiveness of all their misses. He did come to forgive you, but he came to forgive you. Check this out. So you could be coached. So you could step into his presence. So his word could speak to your heart and his spirit could commune with his word and it could change the way you walk in life. God is not far off. He is relational. He is here. He is inside of the believer. And the question is, are you operating in the fullness of octane? And so many people like, I'm all jacked up today, but tomorrow, you know what? I'm just going to comfort myself with a lower octane. And again, the writer is saying to these people, look, your church, fill up on God. Stop filling up on just the wine God and those kind of things. And, and honestly, if, if we look at our life and we say it's a lot like this gas can, I, w- I want to illustrate what the writer's saying, and then I want to tell you how to do it, okay? Is that all right with y'all today? But God says, be filled with me on a continual basis. But here's what we do. Uh, we, we get under pressure and we're like, dude, I, I just need to escape for a minute right now, right? And, and we all do it. And, and so I, I got I to get over this pressure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the wine God. And again, this is not an anti-alcohol message. I want to be clear today. And this is not an anti, you know what, uh, um, you, like you, you can't drink and all those kind of things. This is a relationship with God message. And what the, what the writer is saying is simply this. If you fill up on the wine, the Greek God, all of this mythology, and you pour that into your life and you try to operate under pressure, that octane ain't going to do the job. He's like, I want you to know today that unless you are full of the Holy Spirit of God and you're just trying to patch your life up with this and that and cover up the pain and cover up the pressure and do this and do that and substitute what God intends to fill you with something else, he's saying you will not operate at the fullest of your potential. You're a performance machine Ask your neighbor, what's your octane level? Go ahead and ask them. Sometimes, here's a new one. We fill up on social media, right? Did did you like my post? (laughs) I am going to be so full if I get more likes than her or him. And, and so that's where I get my feel from. Come on. And if I can, if I can feel, and, and here's the problem. 
If I fill my life up and I, I let that be what fills my life instead of God, let me get that in there. God fill my life. Then that, that octane cannot do what God can do. And can I tell you something? What happens is when you get one dislike to your 100,000 likes, it sucks the life out of you. And you lay down and you quit. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your octane level? Go ahead and ask them what their octane level is. See, it, it comes in a lot of forms, doesn't it? Some of us, our octane is comfort food, right? I'm just going to feel better. This right here is going to fuel me. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'm on a keto diet. I really am. I lost 11 pounds this week. And that right there, that one bite just screwed up my whole diet. <laughs> I did it in the first service by accident. I did it for real, that service. But I did it so I could illustrate something to you. It's the power of sin. And can I tell you something? I always say it wants to come for you. But in reality, it messes up everything that God wants to fill you with. And can I tell you, this is good. Gosh, it's good. And it's like a lure. It'll suck me in. But the way I overpower that is to fill up with what God wants to fill me with and be an imitator and don't let this falseness comfort make, make this thing. What this is going to do, this ain't going to make me comfortable. If I eat enough of these, and fill my life up with these, I'm done. Because I comforted myself so many times with the Twinkies. The Twinkies weigh me down instead of me being a high performance machine operating on the power of the Holy Spirit and the God of the universe and being who he created me to be. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your octane level? Go ahead and ask them. I got like... 20 things behind that gas pump right there. But some of us, let me, let me do one more. Some of us, we want, we want to, we're like, here's the deal. If I do some good things for somebody that has less than me, then that fills me up. Let me ask you a question. Most of us want to help somebody. But a lot of times what we do is we help somebody not to help them find out who God is. But we help somebody so they can see who we are. And then we want to get our feel from doing something for them and say, look at me how awesome I am. And there's nothing wrong. You are awesome. You're incredible. But understand your purpose. You do these things And you help these people. And there's too many social activities going on. Nothing wrong with that in the world today. But people doing it and they're getting their own feel out of helping somebody else. 
instead of allowing it to work through them into somebody else's life and connect them with the God of the universe. And there's a cause for everything. But the question is, is are you as a church believer and do you really think it is the spirit of God and your communion with God that has forever changed your life and not a green bean which is a platform to somebody's life or not a good deed or not a nothing else but do you do those things to reflect the image of God so that other people will not perish they will connect to the living God and he can be in relationship with them too and they can get on with being who God has created them to be in other words a lot of people fill up their, their, their life with doing good things. And what they discover is because it's not what God created them to do, then they're just doing that and they never get their feel. They never get their fix. And again, God is humanitarian. He loves humans. But if your life is about just helping other human beings get through the next day, you're not raising their octane level. Because here's the deal. It ain't about just getting through the next day. It's about having the fuel and the source and the very living God living in you so you can get through your life no matter what pressure comes. And so many people are cramming their life with green beans and all kinds of things trying to help other people you know, feel good about them. And nothing wrong with them feeling good about them. But the cause of the church is to get the good news of Jesus, the door, the way, the truth, the life into the human heart so that they can have access to their creator and begin to understand that he wants to speak into their life and help them become who they're created to be too. See, it's not just about doing things. It's about doing things to reconnect people to God. Because my Bible says that God wishes for no one to waste away, to perish, but everyone to discover who he is and reconnect with him and walk in the fullness of life. And so the assignment of the human being is to run on high octane and no matter what the environment is, it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit and help other people in the world know who God is. Here's the deal, so that they can know who they are. But most people operate under religion instead of a relationship. And what I mean by that, they, they, they're following religious practices instead of understanding the message of the Bible from front to back. And the message of the Bible from front to back is simply this. God created us in his glory, in his image, to be image bearers, to permeate his presence throughout this earth. Human beings miss the mark of God's glorious standard. We call it sin. We've all missed the mark. However, God says, I am going to do something. I'm going to send a way for human beings to reconnect with me. This is who Jesus is. 
He died on a cross to forgive humanity of their sins, all of those who have faith in him and believe in his perfect sacrifice, his perfect gift are forgiven and can reconnect. And once you reconnect, you are to commune with God on a regular basis, fill yourself up with the spirit of God who is at work in this age and in this time period right now and be who he has created you to be. And you know what? He is going to return for his church, his people one day. And he is going to take us out of this, out of this uh, uh, evil. And he's going to purge evil out of this earth. He's going to recreate a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to live forever and ever and ever without evil in the world. That's the message. However we want to form it, however we want to say it. But God so desires for us to be eternal beings and be who he's designed us to be. But most of us are filling up on the fix. What can fix me next? What can fix me that? I'm inviting you into a relationship with God through Christ Jesus and be an imitator of who he is as the spirit of God fills your life and speaks into your life. It'll change your forever. But I gotta make you this one promise. The pressure ain't leaving. Because you know what? As you begin to imitate God, the pressure rises so you can fire more and be more about who God is in the earth. And some people think Christianity is about alleviating the pressure. Christianity is about being in a relationship with God and letting him develop you under pressure so that you are prepared to be everything he has created you to be. And so Many of us, we're like, you know, if I, if I just accept Jesus, all my problems are going away. Jesus is in this world. Hello? You're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. It's going to get difficult. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And guess what? There will be a time he is going to return. And I, I just want to be honest with you today. I live for that moment. I live for that day. I, I, I don't... Live for this. And though I fill my life up sometimes and I get it wrong, fill up with the wrong fuel, that's the octane of God that begins to help me underneath the pressure. I've discovered this, that I actually perform better under pressure. Even like doing messages. If I ain't got nothing to do all week but prepare a message, then I just sit around and Prepare a message and it's like, I mean, though it does take 20 to 30 hours typically to prepare a message, is that all I do in my life? I'm exhausted, I'm bored. But when I'm under pressure and I'm doing everything else that God has created me to be, somehow, some way, you know what, I have to then depend on God instead of depend on me and my 20 to 30 hours of preparation. Come on. I have to depend on God to give me the strength and the power. And, and so what the pressure does is it drives me to dependency. And, and, and otherwise, I will depend on me. Because I can do a lot. How about you? Can you do a lot? Yeah. But what happens is in that lot, sometimes you are doing it and God ain't doing it. So God will put you under pressure so you can begin to recognize it is him at work in you and through you to optimize the pressure and help somebody else understand who they are. Pressure's a good thing. And so 
Here's how we feel our life with the Holy Spirit. Three quick things. Six and a half minutes. You ready? <laughs> Ephesians 5.14. For it says, we're going back up in context as he gets to that part in 5.18. He starts off up in 5.1, actually 1.1, 1, 1, but 5.1 in context. And he gets to 5.14 and he says, for the light makes everything visible. Jesus declared that he was the light that came into the world in the book of John. And so understand that the light has a name, and his name is Jesus. However, Jesus also made a statement to his followers in Matthew 5. He said, you are now the light of the world. And he says, no one hides a light underneath a basket, underneath something, it puts it on a heel, pay close attention, it puts it out where everybody can discover the light and discover your heavenly Father and glorify his name. So the purpose of the light coming into the world, Jesus, is so that we could see the light of God see who God is, and then begin to be an imitator, become the light, and then so other people are drawn to our heavenly Father. So as we do good deeds and we do good things, we're to let the the light shine through. So the writer here says, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, you need to understand that Christ is what gives you the light so that you can be powered by God to do what he's designed you to do. He is the light of the world. And can I tell you, without him coming into the world, there was no sacrifice that was sufficient to reconnect humanity to God. The Bible says that his sacrifice one time was sufficient for all humanity. And can I tell you, those who believe in that by faith are, ste- are open. The door is open and all you got to do is access your heavenly father. You're 100% forgiven. Forever and ever and ever. Because of what Jesus did. It's not what you do. It's what he did. And he says the light has come into the world. And he says now awaken O sleeper. Rise up. Rise and shine. It's like I like to say it. See this is what pressure is all about. And I got to ask you this question. If, If God is shaking you. Have you ever thought about why he's shaking you? My daddy used to step into my bedroom. And no matter how mad I got at him, and if it was time to get up and go to work, so in the light of day, early in the morning in my, in my house, he would say, rise and shine. And if I didn't rise and shine, I don't care what I'd filled my life with all night long. It was time to, it was time to perform. Let me just put it that way. It was time to work. So he would come to my bedroom, rise and shine. Uh, I, I stayed out too late. Well, here's the deal. Let me shake you a little bit so you can rise up and shine and get out here and perform. And so what he would do is he'd come in my room and he'd shake me a little bit. If I didn't get up, he'd shake me harder. And eventually I got up. And this is what I want to declare to you today. 
God loves you too much not to shake you. And God will shake your life and my life if we lay around and we say, you know what, this is, this is me, this is me. He'll step in, he'll shake you, says, would you come into the light? Because in the light, you can perform. It don't mean that the pressure's going away, but now you can be who I've created you to be in the light. And I used to think, you know, well, if I just talk back to my daddy enough, he'll be afraid to come in my bedroom. Are you kidding me? I got Twinkie on my foot. Amazing thing is, is he wasn't. And I got to declare to you, sometimes some of us, we just say, well, and again, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way. I've been mad with God before. But do you think God cares if I'm mad with him? Why am I mad with him? Have you ever thought about it? Because of a circumstance, a situation, or whatever else. But a lot of times those things are happening around us and everything else so that we can see amazing, his amazing glory and his amazing power, his incredible, incredible strength. And I think that sometimes we think, well, if I stay mad with God, then you know what? He's not going to keep pursuing me and inviting me into, into this relationship so I can define, I can, I can discover completely who I am. And I just want to say this to you today. Man, God loves you. My daddy loved me way too much to leave me in the bed. He really did. And God loves you way too much to leave you in the bed. He wants you to rise and shine. It's why he sent his son into the world. Do you not think that Jesus' task was difficult? He optimized his octane and he overcame the grave. He had more pressure than any of us. But under the pressure, he operated by God's power. And can I tell you, the way into God's power is to experience some pressure. And without pressure, there is no need for power. And I got to declare to you today, God is who he says he is. I've got some terrible things going on in my life currently. What I've discovered, though, is those terrible things never go away. It's like something's always going on. But I've discovered, and I am discovering, that God shows up in those situations. And he begins to bring peace to my heart. And he begins to bring peace to the people around me. And, and so I need you to understand the reason Jesus came is so you can rise and shine and access God's power. Number two is this. I went too long on that one. 515. As I wrote it down, pay attention. He says here, be careful in 515 how you live. Don't live like fools live like those who are wise. In other words, access the octane, use the octane, don't live like a fool and use something else. And, and I, I find this valuable because a lot of times I can do the right thing or be right and, and basically be a fool. I'm right 99% of the time. You probably think you're right 99% of the time too. 
However, and again, when I'm right, I'm usually referring to the truth of God, but I can be a fool in my delivery. And though I'm right, I'm a fool. And I'm, a, I, I, I'm realizing that the case. Being right and being a fool are basically both the same things. In other words, I can deliver the right information as a foolish person and really not be an imitator of God. Young Christians do it all the time. God, I got God in my life. You need to be, you need to act like I act and do like I do and you need to do this. And Understand, if they don't have the power of the Spirit living in them, they can't move from where they are to where you are because they've got to access the Creator through the gift. His name is Jesus. And until they access the Creator, they cannot have access to the Spirit in them, coaching them to greatness. So why would you ever expect them to change but what happens is a lot of times we burn be religious be like me and we drive people away instead of getting up close and personal to people and instead of hiding behind my religious acts getting up close and personal and let them see that God is working the fool out of me with the wisdom that he's putting in me and what I mean by that is you got to be a little transparent sometimes. You can't hide behind a mask all the time and, you know, and act like anything's going on, but you, you, you don't need to say everything that comes to your mind all the time either. That's foolish. And I'm pretty good at being foolish sometimes. Because, you know, though I'm right, my delivery may be wrong. And I'm being transparent with you. I'm learning this even in my own family. 99% of the time, I'm right when I speak to my wife. But I can be a fool in my delivery. And there is no, there is no transformation in somebody's life when we foolishly deliver. He says, operate on wisdom, on octane. So I've got to draw off that octane and then, you know what, begin to deliver with that octane. So I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to be wise and not foolish. Pay attention. Get rest. That's when I'm most foolish. When I don't have, when I don't have sleep or rest or I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I didn't say lay on the couch and do nothing. Okay? But, but when I'm not resting properly, then I can, I'll be a fool. Understand, God gives you rest. He gives you comfort. And you can operate on the wisdom if you are in his word and you're hearing the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's the deal. You have to sometimes pause and you have to rest. You really do. Because if not, you just end up doing, doing crazy stuff. And the last one is this. Ephesians 5, verses 16 and 17. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And so see the opportunity. What does God want you to do? How do you do what God wants you to do when you're on 17 out here, Highway 17, and you know what? Somebody cuts you off in traffic, and instead of telling them they're number one out your window, how do you not react? Come on, somebody. How do you not react as a fool, and you become who God has created you to be, and you know what? You're like, 
you're an idiot and you say it in your car, you almost have made me have a wreck, but you don't tell them they're number one out the window. And the only way you can operate and not react a lot of times is to have the wisdom of God in your life and take advantage of the opportunity and be like, you know what, right now I'm not going to act like a fool. Because opportunities will rise. They rise always, they don't always arise in church. They arise when you're being the church all week long, wherever you are in life. They arise when you have an encounter with somebody. When you're, when you're, when your wife and you are having a conversation, the opportunity to be the light of Christ and to, to really operate by the wisdom of God is in that conversation. And so you got to take advantage of the opportunity while we still have the advantage to really, really burn our octane and be who God has created us to be. There's a so that clause in all the scripture. I call it the so that clause. It's a purpose clause. And everything is so that other people can see the God in you and be drawn to him. And again, we all fail miserably. I'm, I am less, way less than perfect at this. However, I'm, I'm learning that this octane, this, the Holy Spirit of God is what fuels my life and gives me, gives me the power to optimize my life to the fullest of its potential. But it's very important. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 through 6.1. And I'll close with this today. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. He says, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us, listen to this, God has given us what? The task of reconciling people to him. In other words, letting the octane work in us, make us fire right, right so other people are drawn to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We're his vessels. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Hey, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And the writer writes in 6 1, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Then don't use it. Then, you know what? Don't operate. Uh, to uh, and perform at your full uh, potential. He's like, why would you receive the forgiveness of Christ and have access to God and the Spirit of God at work in you and then ignore it and not use it? He's like, that's crazy. That's, that's ludicrous. Operate underneath the power of God and let God fuel your life and then, you know what, begin to let other people know who God is so he can fuel their life too. It is an amazing, amazing journey. And if you want to run at your full potential and optimize your performance, the way to do that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not filled with everything else. Comfort food. You know what, doing good or whatever else. Let God fill your life. The only way God can fill your life is for you to step into his access and begin to let him speak into your life through his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Christianity is not about 
you know what, just being, doing religious things. Christianity is about being in a relationship with your divine creator. Can you bow your heads, please? God, you're an amazing God. And God, I pray that we would optimize our performance. That God, we would fill ourselves today with the Holy Spirit. That God, if there is one here today that has not stepped into your presence through understanding that Jesus is the sacrifice that forgives them of their sin, that opens the door for them to hear from you and for you to build them up and encourage them and to elevate them and help them optimize their performance in life. God, if there is one here today who has not put their faith in Jesus, God, I pray today would be their day. And my friend, if that is you, you need to understand who Christ is. Christ is God's gift to humanity because we couldn't do what he could do, which was to pay a price for us to be back in relationship with God. And the reason he came and paid such a high price is so each one of us could put our faith in his sacrifice and be 100% forgiven. It's what he did for us, man. That's the greatest love ever known to humanity. And if you've never trusted what Christ did for you on that cross, this could be your moment. Just tell God right now that you trust Christ. You trust the sacrifice he made. And you want to enter into a relationship with him. My friend, I need you to know Christ didn't come to forgive you just for a future day. He came to forgive you, to give you divine access. So I invite you to step into that relationship. Begin to hear from the third person in the Trinity. God says he deposits his spirit in the believer. And just tell God, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You want to become attentive. You want to operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you want to be everything he has created you to be. You want to maximize your performance. Tell God, thank you for that. And I invite you today, if you've never stepped into that relationship with God, you just did that, I invite you to make a covenant with God. Make a commitment to God, an agreement with God right now between you and God. Not between us and God, but between you and God. And tell God, all the days of your life right now, you want to come under his authority. You want him to be the Lord, the king, the captain of your life. You want to listen to him and you want to fill your life daily with him. And tell God you want the wisdom. The Bible says if you don't have wisdom, ask for it. Tell God you want the wisdom that only he can give you. And you're going to commit to come under his authority and let him deposit that into you daily. Make that commitment. Shore it up right now. I invite you from this point forward to begin to read God's word, begin to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and begin to operate and optimize who he has created you to be. You belong to the family of God because of what Jesus has done. In Jesus' name we pray this prayer. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in here today.